All right, let's go. <laughs> well, hey, how how you been? <laughs> you look uh, you look good. I have a lot less hair than the last time I was here three years ago. No, it's it's great to be back, Bethel. Um, little update on on my family. So since we were here, we had another child. Isaac was born. So now we have Lydia, who's eight, Naomi, who's six, and Isaacs, who's three. So our house is crazy. And uh, Jessica works at Bannerman School. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, she's, she's actually in Bannerman every morning. And uh, on our way to church this morning, she's like, this is, this is the route I take every single day. And uh, we drove by our first house that Sid Vandermeulen helped us buy, uh, just a couple blocks away. Uh, so many wonderful memories. Uh, this was really the place. We had only been married for one year when we came here. And so in many ways, we feel like this is where we grew up. And, I mean, we're still growing up, but uh, it's good to be back. So I, I thought this morning it would be good to share with you what's happened over the last three years. Uh, you sent us out. You, you prayed. You let some really great families go. Uh, you raised $250,000 on one Sunday. Do you remember that? And 125000 went to Bridge Church. And so you're probably wondering, I hear someone else's microphone. Is that me? We're good? Okay. Uh, you're probably wondering what's happened over the last three years. So basically... This is going to have two parts. One is just, the first part's just sharing the story of Bridge Church over the last three years. And then I have a short uh, message from God's Word uh, to encourage you. So, let's go back in time, shall we? And uh, yeah, here's our first slide for today. And so Bridge Church was sent, of course, by Bethel and Class of Alberta North. You raised 125 grand. The classes gave us 159. And we were sent out. And we began meeting in living rooms. Just a few families. And that grew and grew and grew until we had multiple living rooms full of families. Uh, Jess and I bought a house in Fort Saskatchewan. And we barely had any furniture in there. And we already had 50 people in our house. Tearing it apart. <laughs> a million little kids right off the bat. And the idea was we wanted to recreate Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. When the church met from house to house, eating together, praying together, hearing God's word together, and going out in mission. Uh, when you don't have a church building you really discover that the church is not about a building. It's not about an institution. But a church is a group of people who come together. And so here are our very first Bridge Church baptisms, which took place uh, in Greg Bosker's backyard. Remember Greg and MC, wonderful group of, wonderful family. And so we had four of the Parker kids baptized in a horse trough in a backyard. And... 
there was preaching and there was singing and the neighbors noticed. It was great. Uh, we began to meet every once in a while for Sunday worship. When Isaac was born, we decided Isaac needs to get baptized. So we held a service in the Dow, just a small group of people. We met in parks and had games and invited our neighbors and had popsicles and prayed together. And it began a process of a launch team. So we had 10 families around a table. And when Jessica and I moved to Fort Saskatchewan, it was the fall of 2018. And so we spent six months in prayer and fasting with our launch team. And we didn't have a name. And we asked the question, God, what do you want for Fort Saskatchewan? What is your dream for Fort Saskatchewan? And over that six-month period, we brought in different speakers, and we prayed, and we fasted, and slowly but surely, a vision started to come together. A vision of three core values, gospel, community, and mission. Three questions that have guided Bridge Church from the beginning. Does it proclaim the gospel? Does it build Christ-centered community? And does it join Christ on mission. So the first six months was prayer and fasting and visioning and listening. And the next six months, we began to create systems, figuring things out like who's going to lead the media ministry? (laughs) Mike. Who's going to lead the worship ministry, children's ministry, youth ministry? And then looking at each of these teams from the bottom up and saying, well, what do we want it to look like? And each team would pray, and they would fast, and they would ask God and begin to write mandate documents. Sounds really boring, documents, but it ends up they're pretty important. What are the ministries about? How are they going to work? So that was the next six months. And then we began to think about, okay, we need to get the word out there. So we were already inviting our friends and family, and we were already 100, 150 people at this point meeting in parks, meeting in homes. But we wanted to get the word out to Fort Saskatchewan. And so Bridge Church started something weird. We started a marketing team. Never thought when I went to seminary that the church would have a marketing team, but we did. And we bought ads on the radio in Fort Saskatchewan and in the movie theater. And we sent one of the people on our launch team, his name Brent, he's a realtor, and he had a really great rate to send stuff in the mail. And so we sent three postcards to everybody in Fort Saskatchewan. And would you believe it? It worked. And so we needed to figure out where are we going to meet. So we began to meet in the Dow Centennial Center, right in the middle of Fort Saskatchewan. I think I remember going with Ed for a walk in Fort Saskatchewan and saying, maybe we could meet here. Well, we did. Uh, Next slide. And so here is our launch Sunday. Uh, We took one of these giant conference rooms and decked it out, uh, took some black, uh, black fabric, and they took white paint and went like this for a backdrop, which, which now seems just so, so like, yeah, anyway. Um, we did two preview services because we wanted to see, like, okay, how do you do kids' ministry? How do you check kids in? How is this going to work? Uh, how, what are our services going to look like? 
And so we did two weeks of preview services. And actually, we actually invited some folks from Bethel to those. Uh, to, so you could be our guinea pigs. <laughs> and so thank you for coming and doing that. And then on September 22nd, 2019, we launched our first public service. And we had over 300 people there on day one, which was pretty exciting stuff. And so you, here you see the attached room. We had worship blaring in one room with the adults and then this like thin uh, vinyl sheet dividing the room. <laughs> And on the other side was the kids. And it was basically a contest to see who was louder, the adults or the kids. I'm not sure who won. It was really, really loud. I'll tell you that. And so there you see that, forming a kids' ministry. There's another one in worship there. But then we faced a problem. So the Tao wasn't available every single Sunday. So we needed to get creative. And so we had to look for space around the region. And there was two weeks in a row. One was a federal election, and one was... Was it a trade show or, or something like that? And so we needed to figure out what we were going to do for two weeks in the fall. So we looked around and we saw that Josephburg was close and we had a few families from the Josephburg region. So you know, we decided to do a big festival. And so we did our, our Josephburg Fall Festival. And people sat around tables and ate pancakes and we served Lord's Supper for the very first time as a congregation after the pancakes, and uh, definitely kind of a fun way to worship together. Uh, the week after, we decided we wanted to do a chili cook-off in Josephburg. And so we invited local celebrities. There's uh, Mike LeBlanc, who's since passed away. He was the voice of the Edmonton Eskimos, and really he was the voice of Fort Saskatchewan. He came. There's a, a counselor from Strathcona County, uh, leader of the, uh, founder of the Fort Distillery, Nathan, who is part of our church, uh, Tamara, who is the leader of the Chamber of Commerce, and then a former city councillor who's become a really great friend of mine, Stu Hennig. So we tried to bring out these local celebrities as judges to taste the chili. And we gave away uh, a certificate to the brew house for 20 people, prime rib or something like that. And so we packed out Josephburg, and we all got to try chili, and uh, it was fantastic. So in the meantime, we're thinking, okay, we're, we're a growing church. We've got like 80 kids in kids' ministry. Uh, the Tao is not going to work forever. And so we needed to look for a long-term home. And we began to look in Fort Saskatchewan for a place that was going to be large enough for us. And in a city of 30,000 people, there, there really was not a whole lot of choices. But uh, E.J. Vroon, you remember E.J.? He's a... A psychiatrist, and he works at the Ross Creek Professional Center, or he did. And then Sandy Parker on our team, she was working at the eye care clinic at the Ross Creek Professional Center. And so this is a medical building with dentists and doctors, and you can get Botox done. It's just a, it's, that's where I got the laugh. That's great. Um, and the fourth floor was completely empty. The building was built in 2013, but I never found anybody in the building. And we thought, oh, there's no way that we could ever afford to be in this space. But we thought, you know what? It doesn't hurt to ask. And so we sat down with the owners of the building, and they said, well, here's a number. And we looked at the number, and we went, that's still crazy, but maybe there's a chance. And so we're, we're meeting together with our very first leadership team. And we began to dream and go, how are we going to do this? 
So we had pulled the numbers, and our launch team, the ones who came from Bethel, nine families, they gave $45,000 a year to Bethel. And so when you start a new church, you don't know what numbers you're working with. And so what we did is we had everybody write on a piece of paper what they would plan to give monthly to Bridge Church. And we encouraged people to live sacrificially. And that same group that had given $45,000 a year to Bethel committed 90000 to Bridge. So people effectively doubled their giving. But even with that, like, how are we going to pay for this? And so we began to dream and say, maybe we should start an event business ourselves. And we can run weddings. We can run corporate events. We can run photo shoots. And, and, and we'll use that to create revenue to help pay the bills. But the team said, aren't we supposed to come to Fort Saskatchewan to proclaim the gospel? to call people to repentance, to start a church. We don't have time to start an event business. That doesn't make sense. And we're like, yeah, that's true. So what did we do? We prayed, and we asked God and said, God, this is the only place in the city that's large enough, large enough for us. We need you to move in power. And so we prayed, and would you believe it, a friend of a friend the next day comes out of the woodwork and says, I have an event business and we're looking to expand. We're booked for the next three years in Edmonton, and we want to expand. And they came, and they looked, and they loved it. And so Bridge Church is on the fourth floor of the Ross Creek Professional Center. Oh, see there, there, there it is before the Reynolds. Yeah, there's Liz. Yeah. Overlooking the city, great for prayer meetings. You can pray literally for the people that you want to serve. Well, you can see them. There's EJ in front of the stage. Uh, we, we decided to test it out our first Easter. And so there was nothing in there except for dust. And we, wrote, we ran a whole bunch of extension cords and, and uh, did our first Easter there. And there's the end result. So it's Bridge Church Sunday through Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we rent out to an event business. So there we are praying before the service. There's Greg welcoming people. And for some reason, this is out of order. That's at the Tao. <laughs> There's a baptism, Adam and Cammie. So here's one of our, our first fellows, Cody, who came to faith in Jesus. And we didn't have a horse trough, and we wanted to figure something out. And so we bought an inflatable hot tub, which is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. There's more of those coming. Wait until you see the end. And so things are going great. We're moved into our space. And I can tell you the story that the city didn't want us to be in there. They didn't want to give us permits because we were a house of worship subleasing to an event business in a medical building. Ends up that's pretty hard for a municipality to get behind. But after a lot of prayer and fasting and a lot of petitioning and bringing on board different people in the city, they let us do it. We did all the renos. We ended up there. And we're growing. Tr- no, go back. Sorry. Um, we're a growing church. And so we did our first ever Christmas Eve service in 2019 in our own space, two services, packed them out, and things were just golden. And we thought, man, what can get in the way, you know? This is just fantastic. This is December 2019. Did anybody see this coming next? <laughs> so then, here we are. We're a church. We're four seconds old. We have a really committed core 
And we're starting to gain traction in the community. People are starting to come to faith in Jesus, but the pandemic hits. So what are we going to do? So very, very quickly, Mike, Rachel, and his team of misfits buy cameras that we can't afford, and we have to look for grants, you know, build backdrops for online ministry. And, and, and you know, Chris, like when you came here, you didn't expect to have to be a televangelist. You know, they don't actually teach us that in seminary, um, how to preach to a camera with nobody there. Man, it's awful. <laughs> anyway, so we do that for a while, but then we think we want to go big for Easter. We don't want to just do online for Easter. We want to figure out a way to gather people online. And so one morning, I'm on the Christian Reform Pastors Group on Facebook, and we see that uh, there's a church in Florida that's doing drive-in services. But it's Florida, <laughs> and it's warm. And I think, what if we could do that here? The only parking lot in town big enough is the Dow Centennial Center, where we, where we met at originally, and, uh, but it's city property. And so we call up the city, and they say, no way, Jose. It's too dangerous. It's COVID. And then we say, well, how do, how do we turn that no into a maybe? Well, they said, well, get some insurance. So we call our insurance company, and they're like, no. <laughs> but maybe if you could get the provincial government to sign off. So we call the MLA. She says, I don't know. AHS has to sign off. <laughs> we talk to AHS and make a plan. We are going to have cars distanced two meters apart with the windows shut. Even though at Walmart, everybody's right next to each other, we have to keep our cars two meters apart. We need an evacuation plan. COVID doesn't move that fast, okay? Like, I don't know why we need an evacuation. You know, we're, we, we have to say no bathrooms. We have to make sure people don't step out of their cars. They threaten us with fines if people step out of their cars. But somehow, again, through prayer, and fasting, by the grace of God, AHS says yes. The MLA writes us a letter. The insurance says yes. And we go to the city and they can't even say no anymore. And they had patrols watching us. But the result was crazy. The Edmonton Journal picked it up. Bridge Church was the front page of the Edmonton Journal that Easter with a big headline that said spiritual health because in an interview we said that spiritual health matters too. And it's all over global news and all over... I, there's like a newspaper in Poland that picked it up, which is kind of cool. But that Easter was a huge catalyst of growth for Bridge Church. We had people text in to receive Christ, and 20 people texted, no, 25 people texted in to receive Christ. And we spent time on the phone afterwards talking to people and getting them connected in the church. So 800 people showed up in their cars and we estimate 3,000 people watched online. So we showed you the Easter before when we were in our unfinished space with 100 people. And then our first Easter publicly was this. It was absolutely crazy. There's Scott Parker. He was on, on the parking crew. And also the boosting people's cars crew. <laughs> because so many people's cars died during the service. There's Robin telling people, because we, we had an FM transmitter, uh, that people should tune in on 92.1 so they could hear the service. So it was, it was a big success by the grace of God. 
And then we began to realize that this online stuff, this is going to be here for a while. And so Mike Rachel and his team of misfits, again, you know, pivoting. You know, that became the joke. Pivot, pivot, pivot. As restrictions went on, off, on, off, on, off. Snip, snap, snip, snap the whole way through. And uh, so we decided we needed to build a proper studio. And so Mike and the team worked countless weekends getting everything good to go. I didn't tell you about the drive-in service that there's so much I could tell you. But Royce and Greg and a team of guys built a stage out of wood that we ended up using multiple times. We had to figure out how to live stream outside. The logistics around these things were crazy. And we have one staff person, right, and a team of crazy volunteers. Thank God. Very exciting. Anyway, so we built a studio, began to do online more, did more drive-in services in the summer, drive-in services at, uh, we, at Christmas, did Christmas Eve drive-in services. Look at that hair. Man, he has no idea what's coming. Yeah. And then we began to do this sort of hybrid thing where we had to do, of course, fire code capacity and social distancing and around tables, and then there was a time with masks and a time without masks. And so we've sought to keep uh, the government rules the whole way through. There's Sandy telling you you shouldn't enter if you have COVID. Kids ministry. Anyway. Okay. So a whole lot of pivoting back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, and this is the story more recently. So Bridge Church has grown to having four staff. Uh, Sandy Parker began as our administrator, and she's now a two-day-a-week uh, the director of community formation. So she's in charge of home groups. She's in charge of prayer, a whole bunch of things. And Sandy's going to seminary now. Isn't that exciting? And Sandy, uh, this is Sandy giving her first sermon ever at Bridge Church in the fall. Uh, we've gotten really involved with every major charity in town. And we've, we're doing this, I should have brought the t-shirt. Um, we're doing this initiative called Hashtag For The Fort. And so this November, we did our second For The Fort Sunday, and we canceled Sunday worship, and we said our worship this Sunday will be to go out and serve in the community. And so we had groups of people at the food bank, groups of people at uh, the furniture bank, at the Boys and Girls Club, all around town serving. And so by the grace of God, Bridge Church has built a reputation as being a church that is truly for the city. Okay, so here's where things start getting really, really exciting. So from the very beginning, we've made Bridge Church about the simple gospel, truth is, is that because of our sin, we're separated from a holy God. But God, in his grace, in his love, sends Jesus in the flesh to take the penalty for your sin and my sin, to redeem the whole creation. And every single week, we tell the gospel and call people to repentance, repentance call people to start a relationship with Jesus. And this year, since the fall, it's like, we, it's like we've hit something <laughs> because we've done um, so many baptisms. We've done four adult baptisms so far 
And then I didn't even have pictures of the bajillions of babies. And we have more adults coming up here in the coming months. Uh, This lady, she saw the poster in the elevator while going to the doctor. Started coming to Bridge Church. Her family's baptized. There's her daughter. Just a good time, people. So much fun. Kim and Dave were both baptized. Uh, They're married. They came to our first drive-in service. And we're, we're starting to see that over time, you're just faithful. You, you, you run events, you serve, you love people, you do what you do as a church, and now people are really starting to come to faith. And some of them, it's like two years ago, I was at that thing you did. We've done concerts in, in the park. We invited a whole bunch of local bands. They weren't even Christian bands to do like a battle of the bands in our parking lot and we brought the Boys and Girls Club and the Rotary Club and everybody out and just, just had a whole lot of fun and just building relationships with people. And so more and more, this is happening. They came to the first drive-in service, got baptized. This is a, a lady named Courtney who loves Jesus and was introduced to Jesus and is on fire for God. That's a cow in an elevator. <laughs> So this Christmas, we wanted to put a tent in Legacy Park. We were going to rent this big 40 by 40 tent, and we wanted to do hay rides and maple syrup in the snow and get all the bands from the community out to do a big Christmas over-the-top extravaganza. We like events at Bridge Church. We've taken the Canada Day thing and trying to build on that. Um, but we couldn't get the, the space. Um, because we would have to do the restrictions exemption program to do it, and, and we have some folks that aren't vaccinated, and so we said, you know what, we want to include everybody, so we're going to do it in our space. And so we did a live nativity on the third floor. There was a, a real cow on the third floor in a medical building. <laughs> Chickens, goats. It ends up I'm allergic I didn't know I was allergic to farm animals. I had to go grab. Thankfully, we were in a medical building. <laughs> and there was a pharmacy open on Christmas Eve. <laughs> so I went down and got some uh, non-drowsy reactant. But, this, but this, this was just so much fun. And we did, we did four services this Christmas Eve. And we packed out three of them, and one of them was half full. Again, people hungry for Jesus, excited about what God's up to. Activities for kids. There's a guy in the back there. His name's Harold. And, and they've started there on the orbit of our church. And he's the guy who plays in every bar every night in Fort Saskatchewan. And so we're like, hey, will you play at our Christmas thing? He's like, wouldn't miss it. Yeah. And there, you can tell a lot of these photos were taken by Scott. Because <laughs> he's, in, he's in all the photos. So what's coming up in the future for Bridge Church? And then I'm going to dive into the sermon. But I think this is good, right? You wanted to hear these stories, right? I think. So we're looking to the future. And we have our lease is up in two and a half years at the Ross Creek Professional Center. But the issue is, while it's a wonderful space to worship, and while we really love it, and while we have a good relationship with the owners of the building, um, we don't want to rent forever. You know, you, you, you buy a house because you want to be building equity, right, when you're, when you're young. 
And in the same way as a young church, we want to make sure that we're setting ourselves up to be a church that lasts, <laughs> a church that can have a legacy for decades to come. And so we are looking in the next couple years to try and find our own facility to purchase. And um, I mentioned that, you know, through volunteering at the Rotary and, and, and through connections in the congregation, we have, we have a really good grasp on what's happening in the city and, and the city council and the Chamber of Commerce. We work with them. Actually, the Chamber of Commerce uh, nominated us for a business award. First time a church has ever been nominated for a business award. Pretty weird. But hey, we'll, t- we'll take it. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It, it, was, it was for resiliency in the pandemic, actually. It wasn't because we're really corporate or something like that. But, um, and so the thought is, is, is that one day we want to build a facility or renovate a facility that's not just a church. Um, Fort Saskatchewan's doubled in size in the last dozen years. And so the Boys and Girls Club, Families First, these big charities in town are all running out of space because their facilities were from when Fort Saskatchewan was half the size. And so the, the head of Families First called me up about something unrelated, and I said, you know, what if we did something together? And she said, oh my goodness. There was a plan to do that, but then COVID hit, and the government cut our funding, and so we have a memorandum of understanding signed with all these charities in town to build a community hub. And so she introduced me to the lady who is spearheading the project, a Christian, born-again Catholic. And she says to me, I think Bridge Church is resurrecting this project. What? Okay, let's talk about this. And so we've been meeting with these charities now for over a year. The Alberta government gave us a million-dollar civil society grant crazy, as an association of charities. Bridge Church and ABC Head Start are the drivers of the project. And so we were able to hire a project manager. We're doing a feasibility study, strategic plan, all these things. And uh, we're looking at land. We're looking at a building. And we don't have any money. (laughs) We're just starting to be able to pay our own bills. But we're trusting God. Because he's taken us every step of the journey. And we believe that he's got a great future. And so I imagine if you invite me back again in three years, hopefully we're opening up a facility and all of the major charities in town are there. We're sharing space. And we have a picture of Shalom in the city. Um, so that's, that's kind of where we're headed. We're also talking about hopping into the metaverse as if the universe wasn't enough, right? And so, so we're exploring about more online ministry. We have a 12-hour-a-week guy named Gavin, and he's a, a pastor in training as well, and he's big into the online space, and he runs our app, and he's a, he's a, he's a good guy. And so we're looking into that. And then we're also realizing that we have a number of new believers and so we need to figure out what our next steps of discipleship are going to be. We have, we have home groups, and most of our people are in a home group, a very high percentage. Um, we have Sunday worship, of course. And we have classes and resources. But we're realizing that, that we need a one-to-one discipleship program. And so we're launching that. I don't even like the word program, because it's more pairing up people who have been Christians for a while with those who are baby Christians. And so we're starting that 
coming up because people need to grow. But at the end of the day, it's about proclaiming the gospel, building Christ-centered community, and joining Christ on mission. And God's hand has been upon this amazing group of people. All these families stepped out in faith, and Bethel, you stepped out in faith. And so I want to transition now into the sermon. <laughs> You're like, it's like 15 minutes in, man. Whatever. <laughs> so I want to share with you today the passage of Scripture that I think about when I think about Bethel. You don't spend almost 11 years of your life somewhere without it rubbing off on you. I love you guys. It feels like coming home. I had so many amazing conversations with each of you over the years. And uh, so this is, uh, this is a little bit of like maybe a pastoral love letter to you. <laughs> as, as weird as that sounds. So this is the number one passage I think of when I think of Bethel. Who you have been and who I, I pray you will continue to be. And this is the way that you've shaped Bridge Church without even realizing it, just by being you. So flip with me to 1 Samuel chapter 14. And I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 14. So let's pray for a moment. God, we thank you for your word. And God, we know that it's everything we need to come to know you. God, you can take your word and you can speak to each of us where we're at. And Lord, it's a gift. So God, we open these ancient words, and God, make our hearts receptive to you. Speak to us, we pray, by your Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. First Samuel 14. It says, Now a detachment of Philistines had gone out to the pass at Michmash. One day, Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor-bearer, Come, let's go! Over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree in Migron. With him were about 600 men, among whom was Ahijah, who was wearing an ephod. He was son of Ichabod, son of Ahitab, son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh. And no one was aware that Jonathan had left. On each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bazaz, on the other, Senna. One cliff stood to the north towards Michmash, and the other to the south towards Geba. Jonathan said to his young armor-bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I'm with you, heart and soul. Jonathan said, come on. We will cross over towards them and let them see us. If they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we will stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, we will climb up, because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost, Look, said the Philistines. The Hebrews are crawling out of their holes they were hiding in. And the men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, Come on up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet with his armor bearer right behind him. 
the Philistines fell before Jonathan, and his armor-bearer followed and killed behind him. In that first attack, Jonathan and his armor-bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. Do you remember, years ago, I think it was 2013, Pastor Tom took a call to Bethel. And he did not waste any time, did he? You know, in seminary, they say when you go to a new church, you need to like, take one year to get to know your congregation before you make any changes. Tom was like, nah, <laughs> that's not for me. And so he began to meet with elders and deacons and staff and began to pray and ask God, what is your dream for Bethel? And what came out of it was a document that on Wednesday mornings they would pray through and ask God and believe that God would do what he said he would do. Believing God at his word. It was an audacious, bold plan to reach out and share the gospel with people who don't know Jesus. And one tiny little line in that whole book, which ended up being a lot harder than one little line, (laughs) was, let's plant a church. Bethel, you were crazy enough to believe that God was with you. You were crazy enough to step out and, like Jonathan, say, Let's go. Perhaps the Lord will be with us. Bethel Church, in the time that I've known you, you've always had a lot of faith, believing that anything is possible. Stepping out in faith to see what happens. This is part of your heritage. A people of faith who are bold and audacious and joining God on mission. In this passage, the Philistines have much better weapons. They got chariots. They're outnumbering the Israelites. In fact, the Israelites are literally sharpening farm equipment to get ready for battle. And they have a king who's corrupt. Saul says, I'm going to take things into my own hands. And he makes an illegal sacrifice. And and he's trying to make God a genie instead of Lord. Of Israel. And in chapter 13, we see that Saul loses God's favor. And then look in verse 2. Saul is hanging out under a pomegranate tree. The nation is at war. They're outnumbered. It's a scary time. And he's hanging out under a pomegranate tree. Now, pomegranates were symbolic of luxury and wealth. Saul is sitting under the tree, and he's watching his kingdom crumble all around him. And the people he's associating with are ones from the the cursed house of Eli. And Saul makes a choice. Instead of fighting for his people and fighting for the next generation of Israelites, he's sitting under the tree trying to get the last little bit of juice out of his kingdom that is destined to fail. Now, we live in a complicated world right now, amen? A world divided. And in the church, we are called to stick together, to live in covenant community, which means that we don't all get our way. (laughs) 
We submit to, to one another in love, and we're called to a higher purpose, which is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus, to go out into the world and bring light where there's darkness. But COVID-19 and our current political situation has divided Christians and paralyzed us from our true calling, which is to go out and share the good news, to bring glory to God and, and, and celebrate all that he's done. And if you look at the, the church in North America, it's a bit like Saul sitting under a pomegranate tree. If you look at the numbers of folks leaving the church, it's absolutely staggering. The amount of churches that were closing their doors every year before COVID was really, really high. And through different compromises, the church has lost a lot of credibility within culture. And yet, if we back up and go outside of North America, go outside of Europe, we see a global church that is thriving and growing and reaching people for Jesus. The church in Asia and South America and Africa are engaging their culture with the good news of the gospel and changing lives. In North America, we want to study everything to death and revise the Christian faith and make it culturally acceptable, make it fit cultural expectations, thinking that that's somehow going to grow the church. But we need to stick to the gospel, the historic Christian faith that's gotten us here. Instead of engaging culture during COVID and in our situation, the church is kind of sitting under a tree, sipping the last bit of pomegranate juice out of Christendom, an era that is long gone. You know, for a little while in the pandemic, there was this kind of thought, well, let's just wait until it ends. You know, we'll put everything on pause. We'll get into maintenance mode in our lives, you know. I have issues in my life, but I'll work those out after COVID. For me, it kept being, I'll exercise when COVID's over. (laughs) Guess what? (laughs) Still not over. And in the same ways, we can kind of just go on cruise control, go in maintenance mode. But that's not what we're called to do. Jonathan, twice in this passage, says, let's go. He says, come on. He says in verse 6, perhaps the Lord will give us victory. Nothing can hinder the Lord. Jonathan leans into uncertainty of outcome because he leans into the character of his God. His God who is victorious his God who cares about his people, a God who cares about his renown and his name. It doesn't matter to Jonathan that he's outgunned. It doesn't matter that he's outnumbered. It doesn't matter that he's at a topographical disadvantage. Jonathan moves forward in faith because he's with the Lord. Amen? He moves forward in Jesus' name. And Bethel, you are Jonathan. This is you. This is your heritage. This is your identity. You have done this over and over again in Bannerman. Stepping out, 
trying stuff, seeing if it works. And then God shows up, and it does. You've done this in Central America. When Nicaragua needed a church to stand in the gap, you were there for them. You were praying for them. You're right there in the Nehemiah Center. You're right there in El Salvador. And Bethel, you were there for Fort Saskatchewan. Thank you. On behalf of the people that you sent, on behalf of the people who've come to faith in Fort Saskatchewan, on behalf of a city that is slowly being transformed by the power of the gospel, thank you. It's not easy to let nine awesome families like the Rachels go. You just don't find a Rachel family every day. But you blessed us in Jesus' name. And you know, I stood up at a congregational meeting and someone asked, are you staying at Bethel? And I said, I think so. I want to just repent to you because that wasn't completely true. <laughs> I left. Felt God's call. Was afraid to say it. Thank you for letting us go. Thank you for digging into your savings to send us off with no guarantee of success. The numbers in church planting aren't very good. <laughs> so many do not last. But you said, let's go. Perhaps the Lord will give us victory. And so the word today is to keep being you, your best self, the church that God has called you to be, which is a church of faith, a church of stepping out, a church of watching what God can do the old historic gospel of Jesus still works. People are sinners and they need grace. And Jesus died and rose again to reconcile this world to God. So keep preaching the good news of Jesus, calling people to repentance, baptizing and discipling. This is your greatest legacy and one that has touched Bridge Church to the core. I want to invite up the, the worship team. So what's the application today? Well, there, I, I've given you the broad application as a church. Keep on being you. Keep on stepping out in faith. Keep believing that God's going to show up in power even when it seems like you're outnumbered, even when it seems unlikely. That's the message. But this is also for you as an individual. Where are you at in your life with your walk with God? You know, there's times in my life where I have mailed it in. And there's times in our life when we mail it in. When we're sitting under the pomegranate tree, sipping pomegranate juice. I don't even know what that tastes like. <laughs> you know, while the kingdom crumbles all around us, it's easy to be discouraged right now, right? You got a bunch of angry people on the right, angry people on the left. Hardly anybody in the middle. And that's in the church, too. But we can come together. 
and we can step up in faith and believe God. So if you've been mailing in your faith for a while, if you've been sitting under the tree, if you've been waiting for COVID to pass, to get back with God, now's the time. Maybe you're watching online, and it's time to come back to church. And God is calling you to do that. And you just needed somebody to say that. And I can say that because I'm leaving after this. You know? <laughs> You've got a fantastic pastor who is young. He's got lots of great hair on his head. <laughs> For now. He loves Jesus. He loves the gospel. Wonderful counsel. Come back to church. In your family... There's been so many broken relationships over COVID, broken marriages. It's time to come together. It's time to quit mailing it in. It's time to stand up and say, perhaps the Lord will give us victory. Let's pray. God, you love Bethel Church with an everlasting love. God, you see them as individuals, you see them as families, but you also see Bethel as a body, as a group of people from different backgrounds, with different ideas that you've called together for the past, but but also just such a time as this. God, we live in unprecedented times, confusing times, and God, we need your discernment, we need your wisdom, we need your grace to navigate this world. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, pour out your spirit on Bethel Church. Lead her, guide her. I pray that there would be many more people who come to faith in Jesus and many more churches planted through Bethel in the decades ahead. Lord, for for those who have been hanging out under the tree and need to pick up the sword and get back in battle, I pray, Holy Spirit, give them courage. Give them encouragement to get back out there to keep fighting. God, we do it for you. The cross is foolishness, it says, to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Show us your power, God, and help us to share that with the world. Amen.